Amen, church. Amen. Good to be here in the house of the Lord once again. I did not stand earlier uh, for uh, testimonies because I knew I would be coming up to stand before you. Not um, too long of a testimony, but I thank the Lord for being here today. I thank the Lord for blessing me, um, blessing my family, watching over us, protecting us. Uh, dangerous, seen and unseen. We've had those that have had COVID and nobody in my immediate family has died from it. None of them have been um, hospitalized and put into the ICU on a ventilator. And, and God has uh, blessed us in, in that regard. And I thank the Lord for that. Uh, for the last two years, I have been working in the belly of the beast, working with people who are not suspected of having COVID, but do have COVID. And for whatever reason, God has made it such that I have not contracted it. Don't have antibodies, as far as I know, but God has blessed me with an immune system and he's blessed me in such a way that I know that his word says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God does not get caught by surprise. Not one time has he gotten caught by surprise with anything that man has done, whether it be in nature, whether it be man-made, whatever it might be, God has not been surprised by any of this. And he is able to keep us in spite of and he has just he has done just that and i thank the lord for that he's blessed my wife to keep her healthy he's blessed me keep me healthy my two sons as they shared they had COVID, and uh they had some time off from school and had some time to you know play on their the computer games and video games and they didn't even look like they were suffering had one of them had a fever the other one lost his taste and his sense of smell and that was it and then they're back to school again and god has blessed us so we thank the lord for that i thank uh, him for blessing my mother-in-law, who was the first one, I think, who had it. His, the, the jury's still out on that. I think it might have been dad who had it first. And uh, we don't know if he gave it to her or not, but there ain't no way to, to, to contact trace that one. But anyway, God blessed both of them to be able to get through their sickness uh, early last year. And uh, we just want to thank the Lord for that. So that being said, it kind of goes along with what it is that the Lord has laid on my heart. And I'm thankful for these two preachers that were obedient to God who led them to say what it is that they were to say because it was confirmation uh, when I look at what it is that he gave me to say. Matter of fact, Elder Lester was messing around in one of my passages over there. So I won't have to, that's why I took a little extra time because I don't have to do it now, he already did it. Anyway, so if I had to, I guess put a title on this particular message, I would say that it was would be from from a year of fear to a year of faith. From a year of fear to a year of faith. And to kind of break that down to you a little bit more, um, from a year of fear of that which may come to a year of faith in he who is to come. Did you hear what I said? From a year of fear of that which may come to a year of faith in he who is to come. If there's any confusion in your mind about he who is to come, that's Jesus. Elder Miguel, we seem to believe that it may be sooner than what you may think. And I'm so uh, inclined to believe that as well. But you know, they've been saying that for a long time. The old folks used to say, you know, he, 
He's coming back, right? He's coming back. Even the scripture says, well, they've been saying this. They've been saying, you know, he's, he's going to come. Why is he delaying? But see, God is not delaying the return of Jesus Christ because he's one who is slack concerning his promise. But he's gracious and he's merciful and he is long-suffering. And what he wants to do is allow as many people to see the writing on the wall before it's everlasting too late. And that includes a lot of our family and a lot of our friends, a lot of those people that you see every single day, a lot of those same people that the Holy Spirit taps on your shoulder and said, this is the time you need to speak to them now because you may not get another opportunity. And I'm a firm believer that uh, that scripture that says that he will have to wipe the tears away from the eyes of those that are in heaven. Maybe it's regret that has to be wiped away and everlastingly so, because you cannot be in heaven with regret for any length of time. But just maybe over tears of joy, I don't know. But I would hate to think that there was work that was undone, especially work that was to be done in your own household. Work that was left undone at work with people that you work with and see every single day. When I think about a scripture that kind of encapsulates some of the things that we've been dealing with for the last couple of years. I see this not only in the world, but I see it in a place that I just don't like seeing it in, and that's the church. And that is fear, 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 petrifying, debilitating fear, fear of that which may come rather than faith in he who is to come. Now, I'm not one of those people that want to downplay the seriousness of the economic situation in the country, uh, the crime situation, uh, the COVID situation, right? The political climate, the fact that the nation and the world is divided. I'm not one to downplay that, but it still doesn't change the fact that God is still in control, has not changed one bit. We change, but God changes not. And his word does not change, even though what they say on the news every night changes from what they said last week and the week before that and the week before that, because they just keep moving the goalposts a little bit further and a little bit further. But what you read in the scripture and what God says does not change. And that's something that I would encourage you to lean on, to trust in, to depend upon and not to put your trust in man because the psalmist says it and the proverbs say the man who puts his trust and his faith in man is a fool is a fool the the one who puts his trust in princes now we don't have princes but we do have some presidents and we do have some senators and some governors and some representatives who don't seem to want to represent but these people are not people to put your trust and your faith in we should be putting our faith and our trust in God. That being said, there was a word that Paul gave to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, and it's a verse that we know. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Now that's the King James Version and the New King James Version. I like to read the New American Standard Version. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline, discipline. And that is in the context of him talking to Timothy 
because Timothy was having some issues with his age and how it is that people were perceiving him in the church, whether or not they took him seriously or not. And if you read the verse prior to that, it says, for this reason, I remind you, kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. God has given each one of us a commission. Some might even say a great commission. Go ye. Who is ye? It's you and it's me, right? You put you and me together and you get ye, right? That's not accurate, y'all. I'm just saying, I just made that up. But you and me, you put it together and that's ye. Go ye, therefore, right? into what the highways and the byways to the hedges right right and and you can add to that go to jerusalem and sumeria and judea and to the uttermost parts of the world too right and we know what that means and that's where we need to be starting to be able to tell people about the gospel message because it is the truth that will dispel the lies that the world is telling right now the deceptions and the deceit that is all around us when we look at Timothy, Timothy had a problem that he was wondering whether or not maybe this is what he should be doing or not, because, you know, these people are talking against me and they're not supporting me and they, they, they feel like I'm too young, right? Uh, they like, who are you, right? Uh, but God, through the Holy Spirit and through Paul wrote, for God has not given us, and he's talking about all of us, a spirit of timidity. So they are bold out in the world to tell us about the things that they think we should be doing. How about we be just as bold to tell them, right? They're not afraid to tell us what they think. Why are we afraid to tell us, tell them what we know, right? What we know to be true. They think it's true, but we know. We know, right? We know what's true and we know what is not true. And we need to stand boldly and proclaim that because God has not given us this spirit of fear right or timidity but he has given us power right power from on high power from the holy spirit dudamus power right dynamite power right and he's also given us true love the love of god agape love love that is self-sacrificial not this superficial surface love that i love you this week but next week i don't like you so much right right i, I love you enough to be with you tonight but tomorrow i don't forgot about you right right that's the kind of love of the world but that's not the kind of love that god has given to us we have the kind of love that looks out for the interests of other people we are able to look at them them and say you know what that is not just a so-and-so or a such and such right that is for one whom christ has died right and if it be not for me being obedient and sharing the gospel message with with them they may not find themselves on the right side of eternity, right? Because they're so busy trying to be on the right side of history rather than being on the right side of his story, right? We wanna be on the right side of his story, not the right side of history, right? Because I, don't, I still don't even know what that means when they say that, uh, when they talk about the right side of history. What does that mean? Uh, the majority rules, 
Is that what they're talking about? Uh, on the winning side of, of, of the culture, uh, being supported by those in, 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 in the media, those in Hollywood, those in the sports industry? No, no, I'm not looking for their approval. I'm more concerned about having God's approval than anything. And that's what we need to be concerned about. A lot of times we worry about a whole lot of things. And Jesus knew that, and he talked about it in Matthew 6, 25. He said, for this reason, I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, he went on to say he takes care of the birds, right? They don't have to go out and plant seeds and harvest in order to be fed. He talked about how it is that the lilies of the field are clothed by him and not one of them goes unclothed and not one of them is 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 less radiant than 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 Solomon was in all of his glory, right? They are more radiant than even Solomon with all his wealth and riches. Even though today they flower and tomorrow they're bound up and cast into the fire. How much more does he care about you? For one whom he died, right? Hmm? He died for you. So yes, he cares more about you. So when you look at the end of that passage, it says in six, uh, six, Matthew 6, 34, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Is that not true? The longer you live, the, the more you realize that it's the truth, right? Don't worry about tomorrow and certainly don't worry about next week, right? Don't worry about next month. Now, does that mean don't make plans? No, you plan like you got 100 years, but live each day like it's your last day. Live each day as though it is your last day. Plan like you got 100 years, but you know what happens. Proverbs 16, I believe it is. And uh, one, uh, you know, man, man makes these plans. But see, God is the one who determines whether you're going to do it or not. So we need to be like James and, and say, you know, uh, if the Lord wills, right, we will go to this place and that place. We'll stay for a little while and do this or that, right? If it be the Lord's will. Why? Because he is ultimately the one who's in control and he is sovereign. In closing, the passage that Elder Lester was, was looking at, Philippians 4, I'm not going to read that part uh, that he read, but I want to get to the, the cure, right, for the worry, right? Uh, the, the, the cure is that the, the peace of God, right, that passes all understanding is going to keep your heart and your mind and he admonished you, take no thought for anything, but in all things by prayer, supplication, make your request known unto God. And the peace of God will keep your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. But then he says, finally, this is the part we want to listen to here. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. That is, think on those things, right? So we need to get our mind, which is where spiritual warfare takes place, we need to get it conditioned to think on those things which are pure, right? Those things which are true, those things which are honorable, right? Those things which are of good repute. If there is any excellence, if there's yes. any virtue, we want to think on those things and stop letting our minds be clouded 
with all of the filth and all of the despair and all of the craziness that's going on in the world. And we need to make sure that we are putting, I, I, I had a problem with this too, Elder Mac, filling our minds with more of this word rather than the word that comes across the airwaves, right? Because you sit up there and listen to the cable news networks and ABC and CBS and NBC and all them, and you'll be thinking that the end is today, right? And your mind will not be on the things that are true, the things which are in God's word, which change not. So I would encourage you today, church, uh, as we travel or go from this year into the next year, that we go from a year uh, uh, of fear. The last two years have really been uh, years of fear and uh, that which may come, right? But we need to go into a new year of faith in he who is to come, and that is Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, you need to get to know him tonight. And why not do it at the beginning of a new year? Don't even wait till the new year. Do it before the new year. That way you'll start it off right. Amen.